I've got a, a simple thought on my heart, and I'll give that to you. Something else. Whatever the Lord would have us to do, that's what we'll do. Um, I was texting Justin at like midnight last night, and I told him, I said, I hope that the Lord will let me bring this out in the same way he just gave it to me. Because it was good. I was in the office there about to shout at midnight. Tiffany probably would have been a little mad if I started shouting, but it was good. And if we'll take what the Lord gives us and apply it to our life and just try to receive what he's trying to tell us and give us, we can have a Holy Ghost shouting this morning. I believe that. I surely do believe that. Matthew chapter 3. If you got your place, let's stand. Matthew chapter 3, we'll start in verse 1, just read a few verses here. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Let's pray. Father, we love you this morning, God. We thank you for the wonderful spirit that we've already felt here this morning, God. The family-like atmosphere that we've got here, I pray, God, that you'd touch in the message, God, that we could receive what you'd have for us to receive, Lord. I know that you're already here. I know that you're already moving, God. Lord, I pray that your will would be done in the remainder of the service, God. I pray, Lord, if there's one that's here that's lost, that's never been born again, Father, I pray that you'd deal with their hearts, show them that they're lost and need to be born again, that they're separated from God. Father, I pray that you'd draw them to you. God, I pray if a some that's backslid, God, maybe one time served you that's drifted away, I pray that you'd touch in it. God, I pray, Lord, I need your touch this morning. I need a touch from the Holy Ghost so that we might preach the message, God, that you've given to us. Lord, your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this thing. <clears throat> we'll just start back at the top again. It said, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. So, here, we're just going to talk about John the Baptist this morning. He's the one that started the Baptist, so that's what we'll talk about. We're Baptists, ain't we? Amen. All right, so we're going to talk about John the Baptist. But it said that in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea. So if John the Baptist was preaching, apparently he was called to preach. In order to preach, you got to be called to preach. And if he was called to preach, then he was anointed of God. That means that he was anointed of God to, to come and preach. And I just, I just kind of want to paint a picture here of who John the Baptist is and what John the Baptist was. And then we'll get into the message. But John the Baptist was anointed of God. And I believe that some of us are anointed of God. And if you've been born again, you've been anointed of God. You've had the Holy Ghost applied to your life. The Holy Ghost lives and dwells down on the inside of you. And, and if we'll do what He would have us to do, we can see the work of the anointing. We can see the work of the anointing and it's on our lives. So not only was John the Baptist anointed and called and sent, but he was prophesied of. This was a very important man. And if you know the Bible, you know who John the Baptist was. And you know that he was a forerunner to Christ. And he was the one that was going out in the wilderness saying, There's one greater that's coming after me. Repent and believe is what he is saying. Believe in the Word of God. Believe in the one that's coming after me. And I, I, we was talking about it back there in class. It just kind of hit me when we was back there. But even throughout the Old Testament, there was uh, Jeffrey was uh, teaching on Jonah. Jonah, in a in, in a essence, in that way, in, in, in the way that they did in the Old Testament, Jonah found grace in the eyes of God because he put his faith in the Word of God. So even in the Old Testament, they was putting their faith in Jesus because First John one says that again it was the Word and the Word was God and the Word. Came 
flesh. So when we put our faith in the Word of God, we're putting our faith in Jesus. So from the beginning of time, they had to put their faith in Jesus. That's the only way anybody's ever been saved is by putting their faith in Jesus. So John the Baptist here, he is a... He's been called by God, he's been anointed by God, and he's been prophesied of by Old Testament prophets. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that John the Baptist has a very important role in history. He has a very important role in the Old Testament, a very important role in the New Testament. So this man, being anointed and knowing that he was prophesied of and knowing the things that he to do in his life had to have known that he had the touch of God on him. I don't believe that you can have the touch of God on you and not realize that you've got it. I believe if you've got the touch of God on your life, you're going to know it. It's going to come out somewhere. You'll feel it down on the inside. As Papa preached there a few months back that he can feel him in that space on the inside. When everybody that was coming to pray and everybody jumped down and gathered around them to pray, that little spot down there on the inside of me just jumped. Just jumped with excitement and joy because that's the Holy Ghost that's down in there saying that's your family. That's the ones that you're going to get to spend eternity with because they put their faith and their trust in Jesus. Because they put their faith and trust in the Word of the Lord. Verse number 2 says, And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So what John the Baptist was saying was, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare for the coming of the Messiah. That's what he was saying. Prepare because the Savior of the world is coming. He's here. Time is at hand. That's, that was the message that John the Baptist was preaching. Verse number 3, For this is that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Verse number 4, And the same John had this raiment of camel's hair and of a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. You know, I... A lot of times I've, I've heard this preached that John was just a wild man. That the reason that he wore this leather and the reason that he ate locusts and things was just because he was a wild man. But I got to studying into it and reading some commentaries on it and it really revealed something to me. John, he wore these clothes not to be a wild man. He wore these clothes and he was out in the wilderness and he was eating this stuff just enough to sustain him. Not to be a wild man, but so that he could be separate. So that he could be separate. So that he could be set aside. Who's going to go out and live in the wilderness? Who's going to go out and just put on these uh, clothes of animal skin? And who's going to eat wild locusts and honey? He done this not so that he could be a wild man or so that he could be some spectacle for everybody to come see. But he done this so that those that came to see him would see that he was different. Would see that it didn't matter about having the fine clothes. That it didn't matter about having the nice houses. That it didn't matter about getting to eat a steak. And I love steak, but this hurt my feelings. I love steak, but John the Baptist was living off of locusts and wild honey because he wanted the world to see that something was different than him. That he wasn't just the average man. That he wasn't just the average Pharisee or the average Jew. That he was somebody that believed in something greater than that. He was somebody that that this world is only a short period of time and what we do here now matters for eternity. He wanted the world to realize that something was different because he didn't care about the same stuff they cared about. And that's where we should be today. I should be in that same place. I should not care what everybody in the world thinks about me. I should not care how great and big my house is or my clothes or my fine cars. My blessings ain't what I've bought. My 
blessings ain't the money I've got in my bank account. My blessings is that the Lord came and lived and died for me so that I might be saved and let the Holy Ghost to be the comforter and live and dwell down on the inside of me. And one day after a while, I'm going to meet Him in the air. One day after a while, the graves out here is going to burst open. If I'm still here, and I hope I am, I'm going to see Him come up. And then right shortly after, I'm going to be in the air. Boy, I can't wait till that day. That's my blessing. My blessings. Watching these youngins up here singing and the tears go rolling and the hands go up in the air. That's my blessings. That's what really matters. It don't matter about my home. It don't matter about my cars. It don't matter about my stuff. Hey, one day after a while, if I'll keep stroking on for the Lord, trying to do the will of the Lord, I'm going to get to see Sally up here around the altar. That's my blessings. Getting to see my daughter get born again. Knowing that one day she's going to spend eternity with me. And if I stay right with God, I believe He'll save her. He's faithful. He's faithful and just and He will will keep His promises. Noah found grace in the sight of God and his whole family was saved. The only reason Noah found grace is said that he was perfect and he was righteous. He wasn't what we consider perfect. The only reason it called him perfect and righteous was because he tried to listen to the word of the Lord. Noah still failed and I'll still fall. I'll mess up and so will you. But if we will keep our faith and trust in the word of the Lord, the whole book, in Jesus, if we'll keep our faith and trust in that and do our best to follow after him, he'll save our whole house. That's his word. That's his promise. Verse number 5. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come unto his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? So... Verse 5 said that all of Jerusalem and Judea and the region about Jordan all came and was repenting and being baptized. So this man had a great ministry. This man was anointed of God. He was called of God. He was prophesied of by God. And he has this great ministry. He's the forerunner to the Savior of the world himself. Let's get this through our head. How great of a man and how great of a fallen and anointed. Had. And he was the forerunner to Jesus, but then thousands of people was coming and being baptized. They was coming and believing that there was one coming after him is what they was believing in. They was believing the message that was sent from God. So if John the Baptist had this message to preach, apparently he had heard from God. He had probably heard from God in a different way than we've ever heard from him. Because in that time, the, the Lord spoke to many of them in the Old Testament. He spoke to them with voice. He spoke to him with a voice. So up to this time, I got to looking into this and uh, from Malachi up to John was over 400 years and John was the first prophet that had a voice that spoke to God over 400 years. So from Malachi, from the ending of the Old Testament all the way up to John, this was the first prophet. So these people hadn't heard a word from the Lord in over 400 years. So this man was a big deal. This man was a big deal in the anointing that's on his life and he was preaching. That's why thousands was coming and being baptized in the name of John. They was being baptized and repenting and believing because this is the first time they had heard from God in over 400 years. Five again. They went out all uh, Jerusalem and Judea and all the region round about Jordan 
and were baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. So what a ministry this man had. He had a great ministry that thousands, everybody in the region was coming and confessing their sins and being baptized. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to him, Come to his baptism. He said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. So what he's saying here is, when you come, don't just come and make a profession. When you come, don't just come to an altar and say, Lord, save me. And then get up and be the same thing that you was before. Don't come and say, just because I'm a Jew and I'm a descendant of Abraham and now that I've been baptized, everything's okay. Just because Papa Bill was a preacher and just because Lamont was a preacher and just because Butch was a teacher and a choir leader, even though they're my family, that does not make me saved. Even though that I got baptized down here at the, at the Pinky Hole Many of us have been baptized. That's not enough for me to be saved. I've got to repent. And to repent means for me to turn from my way and to turn to God's. That means to fully surrender, to give my life to Him. Everything that's of me, I've got to say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Take me and use me. Just like the vows that Larry was talking about this morning. When you make a vow with God, don't just get up and go right back. Follow through with the vow. That's how we're going to be saved. And in this time, the Jews thought that just because they was descendants of Abraham and they were born Jewish, that that was enough to get them there. But there was a generation of vipers because there was nothing different about them. John was setting the example here. He was set aside. He was separate. He was different. And he was saying, follow this way. Follow the word of the Lord. Follow the one to come after me. I wonder this morning if there's anything different about us. Is there anything different about me and the rest of the world that would set me apart from them? I'm not saying i got to go out in the wilderness and put on uh, uh, leather and eat locusts, but there should be something different about me. And not just on the inside, but on the outside. If something is different on the inside of me than, the di- than everybody else's God, it's going to show on the outside. I won't want to be in the same place as everybody else is. He was out in the wilderness because he didn't want to be down at the city. Everybody down at the city was evil and wicked and they believed that they was fine because they was Jewish but that was not so. I want to be different I want to be set aside, separate I want to be totally different than the world verse 10 and now also the axe is laid into the root of the trees therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire so He's saying that just because you've professed to be a tree, just because you've made a profession of faith and you came and you was baptized and you you said you believed, and many of us have done it, but just because you've said that, when it comes time to pick the roots from the real ones, to pick the fake from the, the, the good, if there is no fruit, then you're going to be cut down. Then you'll be cut down, only the real ones. Just because who you are, just because you went through the motions don't mean it's real. Don't mean it's real. And I'm afraid that the, that the church world today has confused people. Just because you made a profession, you're fine and you can make it. That's not so. If there's no fruits behind it, if there's no works behind it, you didn't do the real thing. You didn't really get it. In order for you to know that you're saved, there'll be something down on the side of you. 
want to do good. Makes you want to serve God. Makes you want to come to church. When I miss church, I hate it. I hate it. And that's because the Holy Ghost inside of me. I don't want to miss. I don't want to do evil. I don't want to cuss. I don't want to drink. I don't want to do all this stuff. Because the Lord lives on the inside. He changed me. All things become new. Everything in my life changed. Hey, I really surrendered to the Lord. When I was up here in my single white trailer and crawled up on my bed, I was a drug addict up till then. Then the Lord changed me. Then He changed me and He called me to preach and made me different and set me aside. And I don't want to be that no more. I don't want to be like that no more. I'm a brand new man. And it's not because of nothing I've done. It's because of the work He done in me. I couldn't do it. I tried to quit doing drugs. I tried to quit drinking. I tried to quit all these things, but I could not quit. It took the touch of God. It took putting my faith and trust in Him and making up my mind that I was going to follow Him no matter what came. And when i done that, He indwelled me. And He made it possible that I can. Before, it was not possible. Now it is. Now it is. Verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his weed into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with the unquenchable fire. Number 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. So this one he's been preaching about, this Jesus that he's been preaching about is about to be known. He's about to make himself known. Verse 14, But John saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me. So instantly, apparently, John knew who this man was knew that this man was holier than he was. I don't know that at this moment when Jesus first walked up that he knew for sure that Jesus was the Son of God. And I know that for me, the first time that Jesus ever spoke to my heart, I didn't instantly believe in him. I didn't instantly just turn it over to him. I know that the majority of people, that the first time the Lord ever speaks to them, they don't turn it over. Thank God He continues to speak to us, but most of the time, the first time that we ever feel the Lord, if you've never felt what you felt here this morning when the choir was getting excited and people was praying, that was God. That was the Lord. That was the Savior. That was the the Messiah, the one that came to save us so that we could be reconnected with the Lord. That was the Messiah. So I I don't know that John knew for sure who this man was at the very beginning, but if we read on there, it says in verse 15, And Jesus answering said unto him, and this is red letters, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straight straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, and well pleased. John 1, 32 through 34. You don't have to turn there. i got John down here. It says, And John bare record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. And I knew him not, but that he, but that sent me to baptize with water. 
The same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So here John has experienced probably the greatest moment that's ever happened. He, he's baptized Jesus. And when he baptized him, it said that the Lord had told him the one that he sees the Spirit descending upon is the one that came to be the Savior of the world. So when John baptizes him, he sees the Spirit of God coming down out of heaven and sitting on Jesus. So he knows. And then he hears the voice of the Lord or a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in who I am well pleased. So from that point forward, John should not have had any doubts whatsoever that this was the Son of God. This was an experience that I've never experienced. I've felt Him. Spiritually, i felt Him, but I've never heard a voice come out of heaven. I've never seen the Spirit coming out of the sky like a dove. I've been in services and it get foggy and you just can't see and you know it's God. I've never experienced nothing this great. So John should not have had any issue with unbelief. John should not have had any issue with doubt. He was anointed of God. He was called to preach. He was prophesied of. He baptized Jesus. God talking out of heaven and then he seen the spirit like a dove coming down out of heaven. That should be more sure. That should be, he should have never had any doubts that God, that Jesus was the son of God. Flip to Matthew 11. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 1 it says, And it came to pass... When Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now when John had heard the heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two disciples and said unto them, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? So here he is. John has ended up in prison. Let's see here. John has ended up in prison. Uh, Luke 3 and 19 through 20 says, But Herod... The Tetrich being reproved by him for Herodias, uh, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, added yet above all that he shut up John in prison. So Herod had threw John into prison for preaching the word of God. That reprove just means to convict or tell a fault. If somebody's preaching the word of God, it's going to point out our faults. It's going to point out where we're wrong. It's going to convict our hearts. If we're speaking the true word of God, it will convict our hearts. If there's evil in our hearts, if there's sin in our hearts, it will point it out. So John and Herod ended up throwing him in prison. So John gets in prison. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto them, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? So here John is. John's anointed of God. John's been called to preach by God. John has baptized Jesus himself. John has seen the the skies open up and the Spirit of God like a dove come down on Jesus. He heard a voice out of heaven saying, This is my beloved Son. This is the Savior of the world. This is the one that a forerunner of. But now that he's got in a hard place, but now that he's got in a valley, he's questioning is this really the Lord? Is this really the Lord? There's, there's three things. I've got three points here and I'll be done. Three points that I've seen right here. John was confused. Here John was. He was in prison. He was seeing 
seeing and hearing of all the miracles and the things that Jesus was doing outside of the prison. And he thought, well, here I have. I've done all this stuff. I was out there preaching in the wilderness. I made sure that I was separate. I made sure that I was different. I clothed myself differently. I ate things that was differently as a symbol to the world that I was different, that I wasn't the same, that I believed that the Messiah was coming. I showed the world that I was different. I preached out in the wilderness. I preached and here thousands of people came. It said the whole region of Judea there came and was born again. He said, Lord, I've done all this and now here I am in prison. And hear all the miracles that Jesus is going about doing. And he was confused. He thought, Lord, here I am in prison. Why ain't you come and worked a miracle and got me out? Why? Why have you left me in here after all I've done for you? Have y'all ever said that? Lord, after all I've done for you, have you let me get in this valley? After all I've done for you, have you let me get in this hard spot? What's happened? God, why ain't you working a miracle in my life? But what John didn't know was it was for his good. It was for his good. We all know this verse, and it's one of Butch's favorites, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are called according to his purpose. There's no doubt, no doubt that John the Baptist was called according God's purpose but this story and all this that had happened was all for God, uh, John's good and it was for our good so that we would have an example but he's sitting in prison now and he's saying Lord why have you let this happen to me why have you let me get in this spot that I'm in he was in a valley can I say that when you have real high mountains you end up with real low valleys when you get way up on the mountain and that's where John was John had some real high mountains he was preaching out in the wilderness and people was coming and being baptized. The Jews that thought that they had it made because they was the descendants of Abraham, they were seeing the truth and realizing that they needed to be born again, that they needed to repent and come to God. So he had some real high mountains. He got to see thousands change. He got to see thousands repent and baptize thousands as he was preaching. That's a real high mountain. That's a real high, as a Christian, there's nothing greater than seeing someone saved, much less seeing thousands saved so he had a real high mountain and now he's down in a real low valley he thinks you know here I was I've done all this and now Jesus has come and stole my ministry Jesus the Savior has come and stole my ministry my ministry ain't my ministry my ministry is the Lord's ministry if anything's done it accomplishes anything it's going to be through and by the Lord if anything's done here this morning that helps anybody it's going to be through and by the Lord all I am is a mouthpiece. All I am is here is His tool to use me. It's not my ministry, it's His. But here, here He is. He has some real high mountains and now He's down in the valley. And if you've ever been down in the bottom of a valley, when you look around, here's a high mountain. When you look around, all you can see is the valley. If you ever get way down in the valley, if you just look around, all you can see is the valley. But all that John had to do was look up. <laughs> was look up. And when we get way down in the valley, if we look around in the valley, we'll think, Lord, have you let me get here? And you can't see no way of escape. Terry, I can't imagine the valley that y'all was in and have been in. I can't imagine. But if you just look all around you, if you just look all around you, you'll stay in that valley. But if you look up and you'll look toward the light, because if you look around, you can't see nothing. But if you look up and you look toward the sun, if you look toward Jesus, you'll see that it's Him anyway. And all things work together for our good. Everything works together for our good. So when we get in the valley, don't just look around, look up. 
Don't just look at the hard spot that you're in. Look toward Him. Look toward Jesus. <clears throat> you know, I can't imagine what it was like when y'all lost Daryl. I just can't imagine what it was like. That was a valley. Boy, that's a deep valley. I can't imagine what it was like for Jennifer losing her husband. I can't imagine what it was like for Ann and Bill losing their son and for everybody that lost somebody and for no one, Mary Grace losing their dad. What a valley that is. But we know that all things work together for our good. And if we'll just look up, instead of looking at the valley, instead of looking at what's going on around us and the hard times and the bad things and the stuff that looks like there's no way out, all we've got to do is look up. Look up, no matter the valley that we get in, whether it's death, whether it's financial trouble, whether it's a youngin' by the will of God, all we got to do is look up. Just let go and look up. I'll never forget, Mama's told me a while back that when they finally let go with me, when they quit trying to push me in the right direction, and they just let go and looked up, then I got right with God. And that's what we got to do, just let go. Just let go and look up. Get down in them valleys, let go and look up. Stop looking around. Let's read verse number four. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show again those things which ye do hear. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not offend in me. Shall not be offended in me. The third point I got wrote down is Jesus never reprimanded John. Even though John should have never had doubt. And all doubt is is unbelief. That's all doubt is is unbelief. That he is the son of God and he's going to take care of me. And even though he had every right to go to that prison and say, John, why are you doubting? Why are you doubting? You've been anointed to be one of the greatest men that's ever lived in history. You, you're going to be an example to people years down the road through my word, through the word of God. And you, you've had all these times. You've, you've felt the power of God. You've seen the power of God. You've seen people repent. You've seen the spirit of God with your physical eyes. You've heard the voice of God physical ears how could you doubt John what are you doing he had every right to go and do that but all he did he said go and show John again he said go tell him about me again go tell him what I'm doing again he said go and show John again those things which you do hear and see verse 5 the blind receive their sight and the lame walk the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me this morning I just want us to look at what he's done just look at what he's done even though life and the circumstances of life looks hard looks like there's no way out even though it looks like the country's going to come to an end and the world's going to go into world war just look at what he's done just look at what he's done. Don't look at the valley that we're in. Just look at what he's done. He did not have to come and live for us. The only reason that Jesus came to earth and left the power that he was sitting on the throne, left all the deity, he left all of that, came and put on the corruptible human flesh and lived the perfect sin-free life for 33 and a half years, carried a cross up to the, uh, up, carried the cross and died on an old rugged cross 
cross and rose again on the third day was so that I could be set free from the bondage of sin in this world. Look at what he's done. Look at what he's done. There's no reason that I should be depressed. There's no reason that I should be upset with my church family or my family. There's no reason that I should be down and out. There's no reason that I should have unbelief. There is no reason that I should have doubt. Just look at what he's done. Just look at what he's done. John? John? Say amen. Say amen. Just look at what he's done. Just look... Larry, stand up. Stand up and say hallelujah. hallelujah. Larry Johnson was a drunk. Larry tried to barter with God. Say, God, just give me one beer. Just let me drink one beer because I can't quit drinking. If you just give me one beer, what's it going to be on March 25th? 23 years he ain't had a beer. Just look at what God's done. What reason do I have to be down and out? Jeffrey, stand up and say thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Hey, wasn't there a time that you couldn't see out of the valley? When your wife had left and you thought, what am I going to do? How am I going to raise my daughter? What's going to happen? Hey, what happened a year or two ago? She got born again. (laughs) She got saved and now Jeffrey's teaching Sunday school. Just look at what God's done. Just look at what God's done. Terry Michelle, y'all been in a bad valley. A bad, bad valley of fight. I don't know if I could have made it, but God knew that you could. Hey, look right there on that pew. Where would them youngins be if the things hadn't happened like they have? If things hadn't went the way they did, them youngins may never hear the gospel. Hey, but look at what God's done. Look what God's done. He made a way. When there ain't no other way, He made a way. All things work together for our good. All things work together for... Just look at what God has done. Mom and Daddy, just look. (laughs) Just look at what God's done. Look at what the Lord's done. Don't look at the valley. Don't look at what the bad is. Don't look at what the devil wants you to look at. Just look at what God's done. I could go down every pew in here and name off miracle after miracle in every family. I know miracles in all y'all's families. Just look at what God's done. Quit looking at the valley. Don't be down and out. I ain't got no reason to be sad. I ain't got no reason to be depressed. I ain't got no reason to have doubt. Just look at what God's done. Brett, you could have died and went to hell when you was out drinking and stuff, but you didn't. Just look at what God's done. Every one of us could look in our life and see exactly what God's done. Miracle after miracle. Krista, stand up. Stand up. Say, thank you, Lord. I'm cancer free. Look at what God's done. Look at what God. Stacy, stand up. How many times could your kids have died or you have died and all these health problems and things I don't even know. Say, thank you, Lord. Look at what God's done. Still here this morning. Still serving God. That's a blessing from God. That's a blessing from God. Look at what God's done. Don't look at the valley. Don't look at the hard times. God's been too good to me for me to be down and out. Man, I wouldn't trade what I found here this morning for nothing. Watching these youngins, man, I just wouldn't trade that for nothing. Look at what God's done. Tommy, you come play. Go ahead. Take your heart. Help her, God. Play softly. Hey, man. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> Just look at what God's done. <laughs> Amen. 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 Pick this up. Mm-hmm. 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 A woman one day had many physicians with no one to help her down life's weary road. Then Jesus came by. And heard her sad cry. He touched her little heart and saved her that day. If I could but touch the hem of his garment. If I could but touch one part of his robe. I know I'd be healed. My sins are forgiven. If I could but touch him, I know I'd be whole. Blind Barnabas sat by the wayside of begging. With no one to help him down life's weary road. Then Jesus came by and heard his sad cry. He touched his blind eyes and he healed him that day. If I could but touch the hem of his garment if I could but touch one part of his robe 
I know I'd be healed. My sins are forgiven. If I could but touch him, I know I'd be whole. Glad the unclean woman.